I am the first person in the house to awaken, but I am unsure of the implications. I can't be absolutely certain, of course, whether everyone else is still sleeping, but the other two men in the room are breathing heavily and their hands are stretched out, curled or closed in positions that seem at once natural and improbable. In short, I doubt whether anyone would be clever enough to improvise such convincing gestures of repose. Moreover, their closed eyes are ringed with puffy circles and their lips are softly parted. As for the occupants of the other rooms, I have no way of knowing whether they're asleep or even inside the house at all. No one is moving about, however, of that I can be quite confident. Since the walls are thin and don't run all the way up to the ceiling, and the cottage is so small that no part of it is more than thirty feet away from my bed, I wonder what sort of impression I might make if I should go to the bathroom now. Perhaps no one would notice or care that I was the first to use it. Perhaps people here are quite natural about bodily functions and find them humorous, or, alternately, too trivial to mention. On the other hand, a carefully regulated procedure may govern the whole matter, and the men of the house may take turns in the order of their height, popularity, or seniority. I simply must use the bathroom no matter what the consequences may be. If I'm making a mistake, I strongly doubt whether anyone will reproach me directly. An air of permissiveness seems to be the rule, despite the fact that any impropriety is observed on all sides, and endlessly joked about, lightly, casually, and insistently. Last night when Bob stood up after dinner— he walked around the room and, I imagine, felt uneasy about what he should do next. Summoning up his nerve, he said, to nobody in particular, I guess I'll stroll down to the hotel and dance for a while. His statement drew no comments. He walked around the room once more and yawned in a distinctly forced way. Not a real yawn at all, but a rather poor copy. Then he left. As soon as his footsteps could be heard no longer, the men still at table burst into laughter. Dance? How absurd! No one ever goes to the hotel until the stroke of midnight. But Bob's always out of phase. For instance, I have told him again and again that the good people leave the hotel about two in the morning and return home. But he's so literal-minded that he now leaves precisely at two, regardless of the conditions— regardless of the social nuances. Naturally, he's been left out in the cold more than once. And then he becomes petulant and says to me, But you told me to. I try to point out to him that he must scrutinize the mood of the crowd, keep his eye on important people, observe when they appear to be restless and likely to leave. That will never happen, said Herbert, who, though often silent, unmistakably rules the cottage, and may quite possibly be an important official. He, more than any of the other men in the cottage, has mastered the casual permissive air. When I asked him last night if I should clear the table, he put an unfriendly, utterly cheerless hand on my shoulder and said, But, my dear fellow, do as you like. Who keeps track of these things? Everyone follows his own impulse, and amazingly, the house runs along all by itself.